Welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast and this week we are back in the area of fuel cells and battery technology. I know it's a subject that's very close to our readers' hearts and there's been a lot of um, traffic on our site about companies that are operating in this space. And this week we have another one on the podcast which is Electrovia from Ontario in Canada and we've got the CEO Raj Dasgupta, who's joining us this week to talk a little bit more about the business, um, but also um, more generally themes within the battery and fuel cell market. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Raj. Great to have you on board. Thanks, Stuart. It's a pleasure to be here and good afternoon. So just to kick off, for those investors who aren't familiar with Electrovia, can you can you give us a bit of background on the company? So Electrovia is a pure play lithium ion battery manufacturer and technology company. We've been in the business of lithium ion batteries for over 25 years. So we have had substantial technology development over that period of time. Electrovia, as you can imagine, this industry is incredibly competitive, especially with large Asian, heavily state-backed corporations. So the only way to survive and stay relevant is by being innovative. And Electrovia has done that in spades over, over our uh, history. And today we, we have some key technologies which differentiate us in the market and position us for success. So you have a couple of core technology platforms, the Infinity batteries and solid state batteries. Can you, can you tell us a bit more about those? Yeah, so to make it easier to understand, we, we segmented our core technologies into two easy to understand platforms. So both have quite a bit of IP associated with them, but I'll start with the Infinity battery technology platform. So this is a, the reason we call it a platform technology is it's, it's somewhat agnostic to the, some aspects of the chemistry you use in the lithium ion cell. So the technology fundamentally is a built around our proprietary separator, lithium ion separator and electrolyte technology, which then can be paired with a variety of anode or cathode chemistries and cell design. And what we uh, get with our proprietary technologies there is we extend the cycle life of that lithium ion cell by a factor of two to three. So let's say you are getting it with your chemistry, you're getting 2000 cycles on your lithium ion cell before it gets to end of life. We'll extend that to about 9,000 cycles, which is what we see in our, in our um, cells today. The second, uh, change that we get with our technology is it increases the safety of that cell and thus the overall battery. So our batteries are much safer than typical lithium ion cells. And that's because uh, the separator technology is stable at high temperatures and typical lithium ion battery failures happen due to uh, high temperature Uh, occurrences which lead to the separators failing and then the battery industry will call that thermal runaway and most other folks will call that uh, a fire. So so we um, we can uh, greatly mitigate that 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 potential uh, safety incident there with our ceramic technology. 
So the Infinity battery technology is really built around that. What we've what we've uh, done is you know we've we've looked okay whilst this technology can be applied to a whole span of markets, we want to apply it to markets which take advantage of the technology most and thus will pay more for it, right? We'll find a, a value for it. And that is where we find the heavy duty vehicle segment is the best place for it currently. So we're, uh, we've been very successful in applying the Infinity battery technology to markets like material handling. Material handling you don't think of because it happens behind closed doors, but warehouses in are often running 24 hours a day, especially if they're distributing things like for food or things like Amazon or Walmart. Those types of organizations are running 24 seven, uh, seven days a week, uh, 365 days a year. So that's the ideal type of application for this technology. Uh, there are others as well, heavy duty um, buses and trucks we're also targeting. So that's what we're, we're up to on the Infinity Battery Technology platform. Jumping to solid state, this is, uh, as maybe some of your listeners uh, already understand, is often referred to as the holy grail of, of battery technology. And the reason it's uh, referred to that way is it is probably the highest energy density battery technology you can get to. So it will enable electrification of um, new things like aerospace, right? Potentially allowing electric airplanes. It'll allow high performance vehicles. It'll potentially double your range of your electric vehicle. So it's, it's very exciting. A lot of companies are working on it. Uh, we are as well. Now, our technology here is also a platform technology and also based on a proprietary ceramic separator electrolyte technology. So it's taking a lot of what we already do on the Infinity Battery technology and, and applying some of those lessons to solid state batteries. And uh, we, we're very excited about our developments there and we are putting quite a bit of our resources behind it. That said, we're relative shoestring compared to some of our U.S. competitors. But, you know, as uh, you're from the U.K., you know that doesn't necessarily lead to a victory. Uh, we, can, we can be smarter and more nimble uh, with fewer resources sometimes uh, as long as we keep our heads together. So, so uh, we're, we're, those are fundamentally our two technology platforms, and we're very, very excited uh, with both. Going back to something you've mentioned already, um, the safety issue um, with, with lithium-ion batteries. I mean, I had a had a, one of these power packs that charges other devices, which um, had, as you say, a, a thermal event. Is that is that something that's really hampering um, the rollout of battery technology? And is that something that gives you a significant competitive edge when you're when you're going out to the market? You know, I'm a, I'm passionate about the energy transformation, as I'm, I'm sure many of you are as well, uh, and more and more people are. So we don't want to lessen the enthusiasm for electrification. And that said, um, I do think the safety issues with lithium-ion batteries 
whilst maybe not being a detriment to the enthusiasm with respect to electric vehicles, because electric vehicles, if there's a safety incident, you can probably get out of the car, right? If it's an electric bus, uh, it's a different matter. You may have 20, 30, 40 people in that bus, and it's a huge battery. You're looking at batteries being 700 kilowatt hours in capacity in some of those, some of those vehicles. And personally, I believe the technology that is being applied to electric vehicles is not a good fit for electric buses. Same would apply to some other large vehicles. And I think that's where electrified technology will become more important in the years ahead. I think this is, you know, relatively a relatively nascent industry. Very few electric buses are on the road today. That said, there have already been some significant uh, unfortunate safety incidents, for instance, in Paris and New York and other cities uh, where the batteries have led to some significant fires. So I think electrified technology applied in those applications is going to ultimately be a great fit. And we're, we are very optimistic that uh, our technology will be applied in those those applications. So you're talking about actually quite a massive potential market there for the company because you know every municipality has hundreds of buses running all the time and and I mean even here in where I am in Sussex they're very keen on converting over from diesel buses to to electric buses but but we're we're talking here about a lot of vehicles would would require this kind of technology. Yes, it's it's a Current, if you look at the market size 2022 or 2021, it's relatively modest when you compare it to, let's say, material handling, which is a mature market. With uh, That said, you're, you're correct. The electric bus market is rapidly changing, uh, and all cities in UK, Canada, US, and other uh, Western nations will probably not be buying diesel powered electric uh, diesel powered buses much longer. So the, this is a uh, rapidly emerging market, which we uh, will be targeting extensively, especially in 2023 onwards. And you mentioned that you have a lot of um, traction um, already with uh, clients in the US. Um, you're obviously based in Canada. Um, do you have any plans about um, more international expansion outside North America? Uh, for sure. Now we, you know, we are. This is our first year. Twenty twenty two is really our first year where we are delivering reasonable quantities of battery systems. So we're just tipping our toes into the North American market per se. The European market, though, is one, uh, and the UK market, uh, one that we will be um, targeting in the years ahead. I think this this technology is is a, is a global technology. It's not going to be limited to one geography. Uh, that said, you know we're 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 walking before we're running, and uh, we're starting with U.S. Canada. Uh, however, we're already, you know, you'll see our battery systems there uh, through our partner, OEM partner at Raymond Corp. 
they are already exporting systems to South America, Australia. So the UK, Europe is, is not going to be um, far behind. And as a company, are you open to other strategic partnerships? So you mentioned you've, you've got one OEM partner already. Um, is that how you foresee uh, additional growth for the business? Yes. Uh, I think our focus on establishing OEM relationships is going to be key. We built up our relationship with Raymond Corporation about, it started, you know, the due diligence process started in, let's say, 20, 2018, 2019. Uh, we cemented that in 2021, and that's expanded since. We have other OEM relationships as well, not as necessarily as significant. Uh, that said, we're going to, we're focusing on building up new relationships in both the material handling industry, as well as the electric bus and truck market. Electric bus and truck, we're, we're really targeting 2023. Yes, there's been a lot of, I know there's been a lot of excitement around the electric truck uh, space in, in the US. Can you, can you give us, shed a bit more light um, for us on the, on the materials handling um, sector? What, what are you talking, you mentioned warehouses, you mentioned Amazon. What, how practically speaking are the batteries used in that, in that sector? So that sector there, the, this is the sector where the batteries are used the heaviest, right? And also where it's a relatively mature market. So the buyers of the technology understand what they're looking for, which is not necessarily the same thing when you look at buses and trucks. Buses and trucks are, everyone doesn't know, you know, it's not that they don't know what they're doing, but they're all new to it. So if you look at a typical, uh, one of these 24-7 warehouses, uh, I'll speak about one of them, which was Walmart, which was one of our early customers. They were operating three lead-acid batteries per vehicle. These are not small batteries. These are typically 30, 40 kilowatt-hour batteries that weigh 2,000 pounds. So they would physically be... You know, we hear about battery swapping in the electric vehicle space sometimes. This is, has been happening in the material handling space for years. And so they would be physically swapping batteries every shift. So they would have three batteries per vehicle. One of them's in the vehicle, one of them's charging, and one of them is ready to go. In a, in, a, in a site, they have maybe 150 to 200 vehicles. So you're looking at 500 to 600 lead-acid batteries inside a warehouse. So it's a, it's a huge number of batteries that they're handling in these warehouses. So we went to Walmart and said, hey, you can take one Electrovia battery, put it in your vehicle. You don't need any other batteries. We can charge it in 20 minutes and it's going to last you 10 years, even with your super high duty cycle. And they were like, okay, show us. So they, they trialed it in three or four warehouses before they decided to, to convert a full warehouse, which they did in uh, late 2018. They liked what they saw and they converted another three since then. And uh, this, this type of, uh, this, their usage profile is not dissimilar to many, many other uh, large companies. So we've been repeating that, uh, 
that strategy with other customers. Which, which brings on a question of scalability, because obviously there's a huge market as, as a company. If you suddenly get rushed with lots of new orders or lots of new interest, let's say best case scenario, lo- loads of people listen to this podcast and suddenly you're getting phone calls from interested parties from Europe. How how does your what does your delivery mechanism and, and manufacturing mechanism look like and how scalable is that? So up until 20, so if you look at Electrify's history, we actually were quite heavy in the automotive space. So if you've seen a electric smart car, which you probably do see quite often in London, we don't see them very often here. But those up up until 20 model year 2016, I think 2016 or 2017 had our batteries in them, had our battery technology in them. So we were at, we had a large facility in Germany producing our, our cell technology. Up until 2018, what we were finding though was the automotive space, the automotive OEMs would not pay a premium for better safety, better cycle life, not, not a significant one. And also at that period in time, cars like the Daimler eSmart were not selling particularly well. So our facility in Germany was running uh, well under capacity. I think we maximum hit maybe 10% utilization. So it was obviously hemorrhaging quite a bit of cash. We decided to close it down and we moved to more a contract manufacturing uh, strategy where we, we controlled the IP sensitive materials, which was the separator electrolyte, but everything else was uh, subbed out to subcontractors. And that served us very well, uh, and it continues to serve us very well, that, that strategy. Uh, that said, we will be reshoring. We're going to go back to some vertical integration to support higher demands. And also, strategically, it's the right thing to do in terms of uh, improving gross margins, improving st- uh, security of supply, etc., which are now becoming... If you read the news, becoming more important. So Electrovia is 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 in uh, the midst of planning gigawatt hour scale manufacturing, and we we plan to continue to scale that up as we see the the demand grows. Back here in in U.S. Canada, there is a there was a book I read in high school, and it turned into a movie called Field of Dreams, which is a baseball story but the the story goes that you build it and then they will come Uh, i think that's happening quite a bit in the battery space where every day i read there's some new company with no history in making batteries claiming they're going to build a giga plant and uh, i scratch my head and think oh i wonder how they're going to you know, it takes years for OEM customers to qualify battery technology. And it's not going to be, oh, here, here's another cell. Uh, it's a commodity, use it. it. It doesn't work that way. So we are going to build up our capacity conservatively. We're, we're obviously not going to be ever going to be in a, we never want to be in a position where we can't serve customers due to capacity constraints. But nor do we want to be in a position where we have multiple gigawatt hours of capacity that are not being utilized. Raw materials, is that going to be an issue um, for you and for the wider sector? Uh, Because we talk to a lot of mining companies manufacturing the sort of materials that 
go into these batteries. You're talking about onshoring and making sure your supply chains are more secure going forward in North America. Does that apply to raw materials as well? And are you confident that, that those raw materials will be available? Raw material pricing has increased quite significantly over the last, especially 12 months, but 24 months they've been going up. I think the world has woken up to the fact that these are uh, materials that are strategic in nature and you need to have a local supply of them. Same thing with the batteries. And we are currently working with suppliers to, to local, especially as we build up our U.S. Uh, manufacturing, to have that local supply chain. And that is being developed. So we're working with the, both the cathode, anode, and other material vendors to support, uh, to support localization of, of those materials. Currently, they are still dominated by Asian-based manufacturers. But I think that that's going to be changing over, over the coming five, 10 years for sure. And uh, you mentioned IP. Um, what, what's your patent situation look like? I mean, how, do you have any patents protecting your, your IP? Are you applying for more? What does it look oh, like? Oh, yes. We have, we have well over 100 patents in our portfolio. On the Infinity platform, I think we have a, we have a portfolio of over 30 patents just on the ceramic separator technology. Then on the solid state batteries, that's where most of our new IP efforts are, are being made. So in the last uh, year, we filed four patents for solid state batteries. And that, that's gonna continue. We have a few more to file. That, that is our strategy to, to cover us uh, as we look to commercialize that technology. Step one is establishing the IP and ensuring that uh, it's protected. So IP is, is, is very important to us. We, we have a strong legal um, team working on, supporting us with that. And I also wanted to ask you about government support. So I know that the Canadian government has actually been very proactive in um, investing in and supporting the uh, battery sector in Canada, um, not just for domestic benefit, but actually indirectly it's benefiting um, clients all over the world. How important do you think that is, um, from, certainly from your perspective as a company, but also um, in the wider sort of Canadian um, clean energy and battery technology space? So first of all, we're, we, we've been recipients of some government support over the years, which we're ver very thankful for. And uh, we've worked hard to, to maintain that and, and win grants and uh, research support. That said, the battery industry in general is, is strategic in nature. And if you compare up until now, and that's changing, but up until now, Western government support for it has paled in comparison to Asian government support of our competitors. It's not, not even comparable. So whilst it's been helpful, it hasn't been enough uh, to support domestic industry. Now, that I think is changing. I think the uh, new administration in the U.S. is really pushing that support for electrification, for battery, electric vehicle companies and the like. And that momentum is changing. I think I've seen in the U.K. and Europe similar and in Canada as well. So, you know, we're, we're all playing catch up. But if you compare to what the Koreans did in supporting 
LG and Samsung and SK, it's not the same thing. So would you would you like to see more of it, basically, is what you're saying? Yes. Uh, and, and to some degree, it's, it's a little bit late. I mean, this had to be done 10 years ago. To, if you were to have 10 years ago, there was a, you know, there was a, a more level playing field. Now those companies are very dominant in the electric vehicle space, and it's going to be very difficult to dislodge. That said, if you make a technology leap, which solid state batteries could do, um, you can leapfrog that. And if that's well supported, uh, the these uh, you know Canadian, U.S., U.K. industries can can become uh, the global heavyweights again. But right now, the global heavyweights are the Asian battery companies. I you know I'm very I'm very optimistic about our business. We're going to expand significantly with the Infinity battery technology, which is commercial, and it's going to be big. But are we going to be a CATL with it? No. Nor nor is that our objective. We're not we're not trying to make enormous quantities of cells at low margin. Our strategy is to sell high-end technologies which provide benefits to to the sophisticated customers and thus also provide us higher gross margins and uh, and a healthy growth. Uh, what are your sort of plans for the company going forward over the next next couple of years? The, in the short term, uh, we will be establishing that uh, gigascale manufacturing capacity. I mean, short term, that that's in the next uh, will be established over the next one and a half years. So that's uh, one key objective. The other key objective is to grow our business further. We're currently in a very fast growth trajectory. So we are, you know, in this current quarter, we're making more batteries than we have in the prior three quarters. And in this year, we're making more batteries than we have in all of the years combined prior. So we're, we're growing very quickly and that's going to be, I'm going to continue spending great efforts in, in ensuring we can continue to do that effectively and keeping quality up, et cetera. But uh, our other key objective is to commercialize our solid state battery technology. We believe we are on the right track there. We're seeing good results and uh, it's, it's obviously too early to say how successful it will be, but we we're, we're optimistic and we are putting our um, efforts right there. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much indeed for coming on the podcast today and giving us a little bit more background on Electrovia. It sounds like it's uh, got quite, a, quite an exciting future ahead of it. Oh, thank you so much, Stuart. Thanks a lot, Raj. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com, for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.